Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Brothers and sisters in Christ, just a few tidbits, some housekeeping before we dive into the message this morning. Uh, This is the very last Sunday of summer in the Psalms. I'm actually kind of bummed about it. It's been um, just fun. It's been a lot of fun going through the Old Testament Psalms and and just opening up these scriptures and reading through personally. So I'm just going to keep doing it in my own devotions, and I kind of encourage you to do the same. As we learned this summer, the Psalms, um, inspired by God, uh, that word that comes through David and the other authors in the Psalms, is kind of like Jesus himself has written a prayer book for us. So encourage you to use this as a prayer, a prayer book, just ongoing. Just read through the Psalms and, and lift them up as your own prayers. It's incredibly beneficial. So uh, continue to do that. As Dan said in our prayers, the roof trusses are going up this week. That whole thing is, is going really fast. It's really fun to watch that. But honest, really, truly pray for them. It's going to be like 105 degrees and I don't know much about building, but I imagine that's more dangerous, hanging rafters, and it's 105 degrees, so pray for our builders and our workers this week, um, but that's all going fantastic. And then rally day, of course, next week. Do not forget, bring a chair, bring a side, all that fun stuff. It's going to be a blast. We've got a lot going on next week. Uh, or, like Dan said, order of service is a little bit different. It's a special Sunday, lots of cool stuff, so uh, even a fun little side project that we're we're going to all do together, uh, or at least you have the opportunity if you'd like to do, and that'll be kind of cool too. So uh, with that, we're going to get into Psalm 112 and 2 Corinthians that quotes Psalm 112. This is a, a beautiful psalm and has so much into it. It feels like there's so much to cover that I'm not going to get to today. And you're even going to think probably that this is going to be a, a message about tithing and giving and offerings, and it ain't. <laughs> that is not at all what it is. Um, we are going to talk about what is at the root of this psalm and the text from 2 Corinthians. So this is Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish." From 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 
Uh, we're going to start at verse 6. It's titled, The Cheerful Giver. What this is about is, is Paul is taking a collection up from other churches to take back to Jerusalem for the widowed and the poor and, and for people who are in great need, many of them because of the persecution um, of the Christians. The brand new Christians in Jerusalem were, were terribly persecuted. So he's taking a collection from these, these Gentiles and, and mixed into Jewish congregations back to Jerusalem, and he's, he's asking for everybody to give money. And again, this is not going to be a sermon on giving. I, I've rarely preached a sermon on giving. I don't need to in this congregation. But this is the cheerful giver, 2 Corinthians 9, starting at verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever." He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it isn't, I promise, a sermon on giving. <laughs> Even though those texts definitely lend that direction and seem like it would be a sermon, uh, the, the perfect text for the perfect sermon on contributions and giving and offerings and all of those things. Uh, in my time here at Living Faith, this has been 14 years approximately. I've been here a little bit longer than that. I have done exactly zero <laughs> sermon series on giving. I've done a sermon here and there on giving. We talk about it because it's part of the, the faithful Christian disciple life, right? It's part, it's part of discipleship. But it's, it's more of a, a symptom than it is an actual root cause to be dealt with. See, this, this thing of generosity, of giving, of offerings and contribution is something that flows out from a source, and I've always thought, and, and I think scripture backs this up, and, and what Paul just said backs this up, is, is dealing with that root source right there, that, that, um, that cause, the, the fountainhead preaching there will result in this thing over here. And, and we've seen that play out over the, the 14 years that I've been here. So that's what we're going to do today again, and we're going to talk first about righteous generosity. Righteous generosity is where I want to start because as you read the psalm, it sounds as if the, the author is giving a prescription for somebody's life 
a righteous person does this, 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 and this, and then in their righteousness, they're steadfast, they do or forever, and also they have all of these blessings, and that's great. And it's, it's easy to mistake that, but because you've been paying close attention this whole summer to all of these sermons, you know that this is essentially the Lord speaking through these words, and he's talking from first person about himself as much as he's talking about us. And that's exactly what, what Paul does. Uh, this is not up on the, on the text. I just want to point this out, or so it's not going to be on the screen. Paul says, as it is written, and then he quotes from our psalm this morning, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Paul points out, this is God. This is what God does. So Psalm 112 is, is all about the generosity of God, and it's his righteousness that endures forever. And if you, if you took the time to, to look this up in, in the Greek, in the Hebrew Old Testament, so you do Septuagint or the Hebrew, you see this, this phraseology, this endures forever, is this forever and ever language that's only ever applied to God, because he's the only one who is forever and ever Amen. So this, this concept of, of righteous generosity that, that I want to bring to you is, is generosity in righteousness is not our generosity. It is how generous God has been with his righteousness to us. See, it's, it's, he catches us up into his righteousness. I feel like Paul here a little bit when he says, this is a mystery and it's hard to describe and understand. And I think that's because Paul was like brilliant and inspired. And I think it's just because it's hard for me to understand, so it's hard for me to explain. <laughs> but there is this sense where you, you get caught up into the righteousness of God and, and we somehow sort of like participate in that righteousness with him. And it's something that's, it's a gift from him to us. It's an invitation. Like all of this righteousness and all of this generosity and all of this amazing thing that happens, this is all God's work. And he's like, you want to come along with? Wouldn't it be fun to, to be a part of this? And of course, my answer is, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's absolutely a joy to be a part of the righteousness of God. What does that mean, like, in real world? Like just the other day, uh, we were sitting in the driveway, and I don't remember exactly what we were doing. We were sitting in the driveway, neighbors come over, and I don't remember what I did even, but I, I must have done something. I must have gotten a chair for one of the neighbors or got something or did something, and my neighbor goes, how does it feel to always have your cape on, Luke? And I went, What? <laughs> Because you always have your cape on. I go, I don't have any clue what you're talking about. It's like, that, that's like your thing. Like you, you always want to help or do something or grab something or, or something like that. Like you're like, you know, the, the superhero. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a superhero getting chairs for neighbors. Like that's, that's my superpower. But it, it caught me as like, I don't even notice. I don't even notice, but I can tell you it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. And, and I don't do it just because I feel great when I do it. It's, it is this sense of I'm doing something that's a blessing to somebody else, and I recognize that all blessings come from God. 
They, they might be by the service of my hands. They, they might be the words of my mouth. But if anybody ever is blessed, that means you or anybody else, inside God's kingdom or outside God's kingdom, if anybody ever is blessed, that's God blessing them. The only question is, do you want to participate with God and be the courier of the blessing, right? If, if somebody sends you an amazing package in the mail, like I need to send my son a, a care package in college because he forgot so much stuff, right? But in that care package, I'm of course going to put some other stuff in there, some snackies and, and good things, and I'm going to send him this package. I'm, I'm going to bless him, right? And there will be a, a courier of some sort, UPS, whatever it is. So that's not the person, right, who's doing the blessing, but they're going to carry that box of goodies to my son. And as they hand my, that box of goodies to my son, uh, my, my son will be overjoyed. And, you, you know, this is all pretty hypothetical. He's really kind of like, thanks, man, <laughs> right? He's the teenage boy, like, thanks, dude. But you know, he's, he's excited, he's happy, he sees the guy coming with the, the same way you feel, right? When the package comes to your house, you're like, yeah, UPS is here, Amazon is delivering, this is great, right? It's not Amazon, it's not the delivery guy, he's just the courier, but the, the, you, you look forward to seeing him, you're excited to see him. And I don't know what it's like working for Amazon or UPS, but in God's kingdom, when you're the courier, of the blessings of God, you're sharing in this righteousness that belongs to him. How generous is it that he decides to have us, not, not just like allow us, but invite us and encourage us to participate in his righteousness. So the text I do have for this point is from 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 15, the point is this. I love that. But Paul's like, okay, giving, 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 blah, 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 blah. The point is this. <laughs> this is the point. Don't think about contributions, money, spending, all that kind of stuff. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. So when, when, we, when we offer our services, whether that is you know, an offering, a financial contribution, to living faith or anywhere else, it's, it shouldn't feel like something you should do or have to do or, or you're compulsed somehow to do this thing. That's not, that's not what God is looking for. He's looking for you to be excited about sowing in his kingdom. He wants you to be as excited as he is when, when that fruit, when, when the, the crop starts to grow, when, when you have sown richly and, and you have put a lot of time and energy into something and you start to see the harvest, he's the one growing the grain. He's the one producing the fruit, but you got to participate in that. You, you get to, to beam with joy because what God is doing through you. That's what he wants. So if it's going to be like, oh, I better give, or oh, I better serve, or I better volunteer, I better help out with this thing, or I better do that, I better help my neighbor, or you know, my neighbor needs something, so I should be a good neighbor. If, if that's your attitude, don't do it, right? 
And it's, it's not because you shouldn't do it. It's not because it doesn't need to get done. Get your heart right is the point. Get your heart right, and then that feeling goes away. When you get your heart right, you know that you get to bless somebody, and what that means not just for them, but for God's kingdom and for the amazing things that you get to see flourish and grow in God's kingdom. And those things are forever. Those things endure forever. That's the the point of this text. And there is this really important and beneficial byproduct of that. It's this immovable faith. Immovable faith, this, this is, I'm, I'm taking this right from Psalm 112, verse 7, which I do have on the screen for you. This righteous person, right, who fears the Lord, delights in the commands, all of these things, he is not afraid of bad news, his heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. Something to note there <laughs> that's very different from some, some people's interpretation of Scripture, some people's uh, application of Scripture, which is if you believe enough, you pray enough, you have good things will happen to you, and you don't have to worry about the bad news. Nope. This whole text has, has gone on and on and on about the righteous will, you know, they'll be immovable and the riches and the blessings and all of these wonderful things, and bad news comes to them. The bad news is inevitable, right? Because we live in a sinful, broken world. Bad news is coming. That's just the way life is. That's the way this world is. God is allowing all of this, this, his righteousness and his kingdom, along with sin and brokenness and, and all of this ugly, he's allowing all of this to continue together, and we don't get to opt out of it. Right? Christians aren't immune from the, the tragedies, uh, natural disasters in, in Hawaii. Did, did that happen because they sinned so much and they were all sinners? No. It happened because it's a sinful, broken world. And, and there are people affected by that who are Christians inside of God's kingdom, and their faith remains immovable because they're looking at a world that is on fire and burning and thinking of the world that will come, where there won't be these fires and the world won't burn. And maybe, maybe as, as sin, you know, as God allows these, these tragedies to happen, maybe that, that manifestation of sin and burning, maybe it's enough for somebody outside of God's kingdom to look and to think, what will rescue us from this sinful, broken world where such things can happen? And that's where we have the opportunity to be generous in righteousness and share the good news. Because we do know what saves from that. We do know what rescues us from a broken world full of these tragedies and natural disasters. We do know that gospel. The immovable faith doesn't mean that when the bad news comes, you don't go, Lord, why is this happening? Movable faith doesn't mean that, that you say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm scared, or I'm frustrated, or I'm angry, or I'm upset. You get mad at God, and, and you cry out to him because you're still saying, Lord, and you're still crying out to him. That means you have faith, 
and it hasn't been moved. It means you have faith and you're crying out about the unrighteousness, the unjust things that happen in this world, the the awful, terrible, sinful, broken things of this world. You're crying out because those things are wrong and you're correct to identify that. You're correct to say these things are wrong. Your immovable faith keeps you steadfast in the promise that there is something better coming while looking at this and correctly identifying the mess, the sin, and the ugly of the world, correctly identified and going, this is bad, and and somebody needs to do something about it. Righteousness, that, that word can also mean justice, somebody needs to do something just for this people, this area, this region, this circumstance. Somebody needs to do righteousness for it, and that's when God goes, how about you? How about you? Because if he is righteous and his righteousness endures forever, and he invites us to participate, well, then that's that's my calling now, is is to do exactly that. That's what I'm going to call faithful abundance. The abundance of Psalm 112, and also of 2 Corinthians 9 here, that, that abundance that talks about you know, the riches, the wealth, and, and being remembered, all those things. Remember, that's more about God and his kingdom than us. I think Paul does a great job of describing this in verse 10, verse 10 and 11. He who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Generous in every way. This is is what God's kingdom ought to be most known for. This, This generous in every way. And it's often the, the criticism of those outside the kingdom that, that the things that we do aren't generous in you know, this specific way or that exact way. But if you're outside the kingdom, you're not going to understand the, the specific ways in which we are generous that are really so many ways. You see, it's, it's one thing to try and be generous with resources, Someone is in need. Their, their house is burned down, and, and a generous and resource thing would certainly be to just pay for the rebuilding of their house. <laughs> and most of us can't do that. M- most of us aren't able to do that. But we have a word to speak. We have ears to hear and to listen, and to be with them. And then, and then the metaphorical burning down of somebody's house, not the actual burning down, but when their life is coming apart, when they're on hard times, when the bad news that they fear does come to them, we have this faith that endures and isn't afraid of that bad news, and that's the generous word that we can speak. Christians are to be more generous in word and deed than in giving and finances, right? This church needs to be more generous in compassion and love and kindness and service than we do to writing checks 
and, and handing them to other people to do that kindness stuff for us. That's way easier. It's, it's way more simple to, to just give some money and be like, you guys go be nice. <laughs> you guys go feed the poor and, and do these things. But what does that leave us with? It leaves us not really participating, not really, you know, moving together with God, becoming enmeshed with him in the participation of that righteousness. Now, I don't, I don't want to discount the, the giving to organizations. We're really careful. <laughs> Living Faith is super careful. We vet the organizations that we give to. We make sure that they're not doing things that are, are toxic or re- not really helping communities. We're, we're careful with the resources entrusted to the church, and we're careful as we send them out. We do want you to be generous in those ways, but that's, that's a byproduct. That's a result of first getting our hearts right and recognizing God's calling us to be active and participate. God's calling us to be joyful givers of our grace, of our peace, of our love, of our forgiveness that all comes from him. So remember in Psalm 112, it's all his righteousness and it's all his mercy and it's all his that he freely gives out to us and because his endures forever, you're not running out. There's no scarcity, right? There's scarcity of resources. There's, there's scarcity in, in your bank accounts. There's, at some point, the, the numbers will be zero. At some point. In, in your life or at the end of your life, the numbers will be zero. But not your love, not your compassion for others, not your joy in the resurrection, not the truth that Christ Jesus has died for you and forgiven your sins and given you eternal life. There's, there's no shortage, no lack of that resource. That's the cheerful giver God's looking for. And if you're cheerfully giving in that way, if, if you're freely given, realizing I got no end to the amount of love I can love with somebody with, I've got no end of amount of grace or mercy or kindness that I can get, I can give all of it all the time. I, I can just pour it out and I got more. It's because you've tapped into that never ending, forever enduring resource that God has for you. And yeah, and, and when we do that, and when we focus as a, as a congregation, but also individually on those things, what do we see? We see God's kingdom growing amongst us. We see more fruit. We see the grain growing. We see all of these amazing things, not just rafters going up. <laughs> that's, that's awesome and wonderful. We see children raised in God's kingdom. We see parents blessed. We, we see visitors come and join us. We, we see people whose lives are changed. And it doesn't cost us a dime. Amen. And may the peace which surpasses human understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Would you please stand to pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you have been so generous to me with your love mercy, forgiveness, and patience. You know I need a lot. 
I pray, Lord, that you would pour it out on each and every one of us in abundance, that we might share it with others, that we might pour it out on others, that so many more people might experience your kingdom in a profound and wonderful and rich way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Receive the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give to you his peace. Amen.